I thought it was fascinating that for someone like Stephen A. Smith, who reportedly, I'm going to say, earns like six, somewhere like $8 million from ESPN, like plenty of money. But even he is openly admitting that he is building his own pathway out because he understands that he absolutely needs to do that. So I would encourage you that if you want to hear more from him or people like him, because he's not the only one, go to their podcast and listen to them talk about it, right? And hopefully, if you're interested in podcasting, that might be a little bit of an uh, inspiration for you. Again, I'm not saying that you're going to get a $120 million deal, but this is the world that we're living in and he's talking about it. So if someone like Stephen A. Smith, who's got a good job by all measures, is out here starting their own thing and feeling like they've got to make sure that they're doing something and they're taking that gift of theirs, that voice, that point of view, and they're basically recording it and using it to their benefit, I think that's definitely something to think about. Welcome to the Rich and Regular Podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Julian. And today we're talking about how to earn money with a podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit about the podcasting industry, how it's grown over the years. We'll talk a little bit about how you can earn income as a podcaster, assuming you're thinking about going down that rabbit hole. And we'll talk about the process of getting started, growing it from a side hustle and maybe even potentially a full-scale business. But first, please rate and review the Rich and Regular podcast wherever you listen to the show. And I want to give a shout out to CC0720. CC left us a review that said amazing information. They said, Julian and Kirsten address real life topics from an unbiased standpoint and offer ideas for application. Their honesty and transparency provide a great example of how to pursue financial independence and navigate uncertain times while making informed decisions. Yes, I am so happy I found this podcast and their book. Thank you, Cece. Thank you, Cece. I appreciate that. I've never met a Cece I didn't like. You know, that's true. All All Cece's Cece's are good people. (laughs) (laughs) All Cece's are going to heaven. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, so this seems very meta. We are obviously podcasters. This is our podcast, and we're talking about podcasting as a business. But it's not just a business. Like It is a big business. It is a growing business growing business. I want. I got a quick question for you. How long have you been, because I think you've been listening to podcasts for longer than I have, but how long have you been listening to podcasts? I think I started back when I was paying down my debt. So that must have been 2012 or 13. Okay. okay. I was an early adopter of podcasts. Now there weren't nearly as many as there are right yeah. now, but as soon as they started, and especially the ones that had like a financial lens or a life lens, I was definitely listening. Yeah. I, I okay, I don't know why I thought you were listening like significantly before I did. That was right around the same time that we met. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking about something else, but I knew there were several things that I was like, oh wow, I found this. And you were like, oh, I've been doing that. <laughs> it wasn't podcasting, it was something else. But yeah, I've been uh this is like my uh, what, eleventh year? And again, I, back then, I would have never thought that I would actually have a podcast. But all that to say, like the podcasting industry has grown a little bit. So we found some data around the number or the percentage of people who have ever listened to a podcast. And as you might assume, that number has grown significantly over that same time period. Now, obviously, this is when podcasts started. But if we're looking as far back as 2013, we're looking at around 27 million people Back in 2013, and that, again, that was the percentage of people who had ever listened to a podcast. Now that number is at 62 million as of this year. So 62 million people have at least listened to a podcast 
once, right? So it's more than doubled in the last 10 years. And when you look a little bit further and you start thinking about, all right, well, like how many podcasts out there are there to your point? Like it's grown significantly over the last 10 years. Well, as of March, 2021, Apple Podcasts has 47 million episodes on their platform wow. from a total of around 1.96. Let's just round it up and call it 2 million podcasts. So as of two years ago, 2 million podcasts with over 47 million episodes. And I'm sure that number has grown consistently over just the last couple of years. Now, that number is up from 550,000 podcasts, which was in 2018, right? So when you start thinking about the big difference that just like one or two years can make, like I think that's a really, really good example. Okay, so let's look at let's look at some data real quick, right? This is data according to Nielsen, and Nielsen is the same company or organization that measures like television. So when you think about like the Nielsen ratings and how many people are watching the Super Bowl or the news, they rely on this company called Nielsen, and they also happen to measure podcasts. And so they broke it down into two different categories. You have your light listeners, and then you've got like your dedicated podcast listeners. When we look at light listeners, over half of the light listeners or people who are considered light listeners are listening to like music podcasts, which is interesting. I guess that's kind of like just talk radio or I don't know what a music podcast would be or how that would be different from music. But music, the arts, and things like health and fitness tend to be like more than half of the, the types of podcasts or the genres that light listeners listen to. And then there are heavy listeners, which are much more interested into things like history, news, true crime, and science. Are you surprised by any of that? Uh, it makes sense because like I, I, I figure light listeners are just looking for a specific topic. It's kind of like watching a show on a single channel versus like people who watch the weather channel all day or watch HGTV all day. Those people tend to like deeper dives. So things like history, true crime, science, yeah. things where you can't really miss an episode or they build on top of each other. The knowledge just continues to compound versus like health and fitness. You might just want to listen to an episode on sleep or carbs or keto. <laughs> you can kind of cherry pick what you're interested in in a domain. Yeah, all of that to say, I, I think what's interesting is those types of genres, I think, kind of set the tone for what people think about podcasting as a whole. I know. And I don't want that to discourage anyone here, right? And I'm not also trying to encourage you to start a podcast, but if you were, I just want to point out a couple of things. Like podcasting is a great way for First of all, it's a great hobby if it's something that you enjoy doing. But if you've got a brand or a business, it's a great way to market your brand. You can use it to build a community, to connect with people that I can assure you, you otherwise would not have ever been able to meet. And since this is a financial podcast, it can also be a great way to earn income. So I don't want to discourage you. I'm not encouraging anyone out there to jump into it. But if you were thinking about it and you were saying, how, oh, it just seems like a lot of people are like doing this and obviously it's making money. We wanted to dive into that a little. Yeah, it's it's interesting because a lot of people do think of podcasts as someone who has a sustained expertise in a topic because they think of podcasts as just like an ongoing series that never stops. But you can make a podcast about anything. Some podcasts are just one season long right. or just about one particular thing, like four mini series on a specific subject. So you can do it about anything. All you need is really a good story and some mics and some equipment that we'll get into later in the episode. So let's talk money, because according to Variety.com, the revenue for podcasts is projected to hit $2.3 billion in 2023. And that's actually up 5% from last year. 
Now, there's a couple stats to help you put that in perspective because I don't want y'all thinking we're making $2.3 billion <laughs> off of this, this podcast alone. There's a couple of things that you should keep in mind. One, podcast is one of the fastest growing digital channels. It is growing twice as fast than digital advertising overall, even though it's still less than 1% of the total pie. Total digital advertising spend is about $209 billion. It's that size of an industry yeah. versus podcasts, little $2 billion, which, right. you know, little $2 billion. I, I <laughs> but advertising is just one way that podcasters make money. The podcast itself can either be the core business or it can just be a marketing tool for other parts of the business. Basically, you can focus on making money through the podcast itself, or you can focus on using the podcast to grow other parts of your business, or you can do a combination of all of the above, which is what I see a lot of people doing. There's a couple of good examples of this. I think Joe Rogan is probably one of the more popular ones. Even if you don't listen to his stuff, he's one of the most popular podcasters on the planet I right now. I was going to say he's the Howard Stern of our generation. Yeah, But that's actually not fair to Howard Stern because he's still Howard Stern. Yeah. He's still out there. What doing was his sidekick's thing? name? Donna? Like, was that her name? Donna, Diane. Yeah, the black like lady. That. I can't remember. But I used to watch Howard Stern. I don't even know why. what I was doing watching Howard Stern. <laughs> but anyway, Joe Rogan signed a deal with Spotify that was allegedly worth around $200 million total. Like, that's just, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds weird coming out of my mouth because so it's not like okay. he, it's not like he's an athlete or, you know, Tom Cruise. Now, Joe is also a broadcaster, comedian, and he's connected to UFC. But I'm willing to bet that the podcast is the core of his income and yeah. business. I can think of a couple other things that he does, and I'm, I'm confident they're not bringing in $200 right. million. Yeah. Now, somebody like Dave Ramsey is a little different. Right. And Dave is actually how I started uh, listening to podcasts. I used to listen to his podcast. I think back then it was probably daily. I don't think it was weekly because it was syndicated from a radio show. So it wasn't even like a traditional standalone po podcast, or maybe it was, but he also had a radio show at the time. Yeah. Now he has a variety of businesses. And while I don't know all the details, the products that he sells, like Financial Peace University, is likely what earns him more income than his podcast might. The podcast acts as a megaphone for Financial Peace University and other programs and books that come out of the Ramsey camp. But, you know, I don't know for sure. It's a privately owned company, so there's no data on what, what they're making over there. But it's safe to assume that Dave's doing pretty well for himself <laughs> as well. He's got the boat and <laughs> the big house and a number of other things. Yeah. But that's just another example of how a podcast can either bring in the bulk of your income or it can enable you to continue to sell something else to your audience. Yeah. And, and I'll also say this, you know, as we talk about podcasts, what's been really interesting in the last couple of years is to see how even that word means different things to different people. Because in the last couple of years, we've also seen the growth of video podcasts. And yes. I remember vodcast, uh, vodcast, which and it was like a couple of might have been maybe six months ago, or maybe it was a year. I'm not sure. But there was someone who sent us a note and they said, I can't find the podcast because they were yes. looking for it on YouTube. And my first thought was like, well, why would you look for it on YouTube? And then we had this conversation. It was like, well, you got to think like a lot of people are being introduced to what are called podcasts. This is before the term vodcast even existed because they're finding them or watching them on YouTube. So I can see why it's confusing, but I can also see why that 
discourages some people to say, well, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. I can't do that to your point from my closet or in my basement. So I'm not going to do it at all. That's just a tiny percentage of it, right? So have some data on that as well. As of 2019, only around 17% of podcasts actually record video. But considering so many people are, again, are being introduced to podcasts that way, the prediction is that that's actually going to take over the audio format in the next couple of years. Now, from an earning perspective, when you think about what that does, well, it actually unlocks another revenue stream. And this is where you get into the world of YouTube and the YouTube partner programs, where basically you are earning income based on the views of whatever video content that you put out there. So again, you're recording an audio podcast, but you just happen to be throwing up some cameras, editing that, putting the videos out there, joining that YouTube program. And again, that's just one program. Facebook has a program, assuming you can enter into the qualifications for that. Spotify, if I'm not mistaken, has just launched their program. And a lot of people, as a result, are moving into that category. Now, what I find particularly interesting, at least from my perspective, and I'm reflecting on my own hobbies here, but when I watch sports now, what I've seen certainly over the last couple of years is a huge number of video podcasts or even like people who are broadcasters starting their own podcast. Now, you've got athletes that have their own podcast. You have athletes who are teaming together, like they had careers and they're now bringing that perspective to the sports and media world. You've got uh, athletes like Draymond Green, who has like one of the most popular podcasts out there, JJ Reddick, him and I can't remember the other guy's name, but I think it's called Old Man in the Tree. It is a massively growing and really, really well done podcast. What I found particularly interesting is that even Stephen A. Smith, like my son does not know that much about sports and doesn't watch ESPN, but he certainly recognizes Stephen A. Smith's face. Because like whenever I'm watching ESPN, and I would imagine this goes for anybody out there. You're going to hear him and you're going to see his face to the point where my six-year-old son is like, Dad, why is that man always yelling on TV? <laughs> why is he always He's, yelling? That's his, that's his <laughs> shtick. But he also has a podcast, which I thought was fascinating because here's someone who is literally ever-present on television, and that wasn't enough. Now he's gone outside of the role that he has with ESPN, and he has his own podcast. I want to play a clip really quick, and I'm not saying this or playing this, rather, to advocate for Stephen A. Smith, because he's certainly a controversial and some might even say annoying character. But he released a podcast episode where he was sharing his point of view about podcasts, but it was in reference to the layoffs at ESPN. So as of the time of this recording, this was somewhere around July 2023, and ESPN had just laid off a slew of on-air talent. It shook the industry up. And here's what he had to say in reference to those layoffs, his podcast, and what he was actually trying to do with it. Folks lamented how folks are being laid off when Pat McAfee arrived at ESPN. Pat McAfee wasn't hired by ESPN. Pat McAfee was acquired by ESPN via the Pat McAfee show. He had a product that he built through his grit, his hard work, his determination, his focus, his brilliance, and he turned it in to a $120 million deal that was once given to him by FanDuel. ESPN acquired that business. He's not an employee. He's a product that was acquired. I would know because I'm an employee who's trying to become a product. Now, I play that for several reasons, right? One, 
you hear you, you hear him very differently like when you're listening to him on a podcast. He's like even more intense when it comes to his podcast. But there are a couple of reasons why I wanted to play that. One is in our book, Cashing Out, we introduce people to this concept that we call the 15-year career, which is basically the blueprint that we're asking corporate professionals and people who want to put family first to begin with the end in mind. And we walk them through the process of paying off their debt, maximizing their investing and building side hustles, right? But I thought it was fascinating that for someone like Stephen A. Smith, who reportedly, I'm going to say, earns like six, somewhere like $8 million from ESPN, like plenty of money, but even he is openly admitting that he is building his own pathway out because he understands that he absolutely needs to do that. So I would encourage you that if you want to hear more from him or people like him, because he's not the only one, go to their podcast and listen to them talk about it, right? And hopefully, if you're interested in podcasting, that might be a little bit of an uh, inspiration for you. Again, I'm not saying that you're going to get a $120 million deal, but this is the world that we're living in and he's talking about it. So if someone like Stephen A. Smith, who's got a good job by all measures, is out here starting their own thing and feeling like they've got to make sure that they're doing something and they're taking that gift of theirs, that voice, that point of view, and they're basically recording it and using it to their benefit. I think that's definitely something to think about. Yes. So is there money to be made in podcasting? Absolutely. We've listed Joe Rogan, Stephen A. Smith, Dave Ramsey, but I want to talk a little bit about how it works for regular people like you and me and our listeners. There's actually a handful of ways that people monetize their podcasts. Like most digital mediums, podcasts need lots of back-end support. And some might say that editing and supporting podcasters is just as great of a side hustle as actually hosting one. But for the purposes of today, I'm just going to talk hosting. Just know that there is back-end roles and support for all of these podcasts that can also be a lucrative side hustle for you. So the first way to monetize is to freelance host or to have a sponsored podcast. This is where a brand wants you to host a podcast for them where you're the face and they're kind of the message or the structure of the, the show. Depending on the amount of labor that you're doing, you might agree on a set rate per episode or a number of episodes with the client and then get paid a flat fee. But it really just depends on what you negotiate with with the brand that's hiring you. Yeah. There's also the model where you can freelance and add in a revenue share component. Podcast ads are typically priced based on the number of listeners per episode, also called downloads. So if you have an audience or can prove that your name or likeness is the thing that's drawing listenership, you can also negotiate for a percentage of the ad revenue that's brought in. So that's still a freelance agreement where you might get a flat rate for the episode for your initial labor, but then you also get this commission or bump for any ad revenue that is a result of your listenership. Now, if you're not hired by a brand or working with a brand and you just want to create something for yourself, the most common way to make money is to sell individual ad spots to a brand that wants to collaborate with you. In that case, you would be offering rates based on a couple of key factors. One is the size of the audience. And a lot of people get caught up here and think that they need a much bigger audience than you actually need. Again, it's a conversation with you and the brand and their goals. So you might only have a couple of hundred listeners, but that's all they need to get the 10 sales that they're looking for. And so they'd be willing to pay you to get in front of those listeners. Uh, The other thing that might affect the price is the type of advertisement ad or the placement of the ask. If you want to be at the very top of the episode, it's a different price than maybe in the middle or at the end. And then performance. There are sometimes performance stipulations, like you get a bonus commission for every sign up or action taken. 
again, all of these conversations are kind of based on what the brand's goals are and what your revenue goals are. Now, the other option, if you don't want to sell ad spots, is to plug into a podcast network in exchange for giving them a percent of the revenue from the ads that are generated. So podcast networks kind of act like an umbrella company where a bunch of different podcasts come together under one big name like iHeartRadio. And then the network goes and negotiates advertising contracts using that big pool of podcasts and podcast listeners as the selling point. So because they are negotiating on behalf of you and let's say 100 other podcasts, they definitely take a cut of the ad revenue that they generate, but you get all of that support and distribution and scale that's associated with the podcast network. Yeah. You know, I'll also add this as I'm reflecting back on podcasts. Like there, if I were to think about one of the things that I would do if I were the type of employee that were looking to differentiate themselves a little bit, this might actually be on the short list. Like one of the little things that you can do to say, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And it's a way to either showcase your expertise because maybe your day-to-day responsibilities don't allow you to do that. Or you're just trying to find that competitive edge between you and some of the other people. I know for a fact that even towards the end of our corporate tenure, there were a few executives who were taking advantage of the genre or the medium rather and saying, hey, this is what I'm going to use to communicate or inspire my teams or again, sort of send a bad signal out to the industry, right? Which is just another way of kind of sharpening or protecting or managing and promoting your brand. So just something to think about. Again, this doesn't always have to be a way for you to sort of start a side hustle and use it to earn money. It could be a way that you actually use to navigate or grow your career. Now, there are some key metrics and there are tons of them. We're not going to talk about all of them, but we're specifically thinking about how people earn money. And one of the most important metrics when it comes to podcasting and the role that it plays in the digital marketing world is CPM. This is not unique just to digital marketing. This is something that's also uh, true in podcasting. CPM is an acronym for cost per mill, which is basically cost per thousand or the rate that you offer per thousand listens, right? So this is uh, very similar to kind of how YouTube does it, where they say, hey, for every thousand views, we'll give you X amount of dollars or X percentage of a dollar or percentage of a penny or something like that. Every platform has their different rates for their program. Uh, but let's say, for example, you charge $20 CPM for a 15 to 20 second pre-roll ad, $30 CPM for a 30 to 60 second mid-roll ad, and $10 for a CPM for a 15 to 25 second post-roll ad, right? So imagine your podcast episode is around 40 minutes long. You may have one in the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end, et cetera. Like basically for every thousand, let's just focus on the $20 for a second. For every thousand listens, you would get $20, right? So you can see how that goes. Like, all right, well, if I had 10,000 listens, then I would get $200. And you can go from 20 to 200 and so on pretty quickly. Now, obviously, you want to find a balance between your show not being full of ads and it actually being what people wanted to listen to. Like, nobody really wants to listen to a bunch of commercials for 30, 40 minutes. But this is the way that people are earning money. And that's one of the most important metrics out there. So it's not that complicated. You know, it's a matter of saying, hey, Put good work out there, communicate with your audience, give them what they're looking for, continue to grow. And as soon as you start to engage with different clients and companies, that's more often than not going to be one of the primary metrics that they're looking at as it relates to your ability to earn income through advertising. 
All right. So we've talked about how to make money on podcasts, how many people are podcasting and listening to podcasts. We've talked about all of the different ways that you can monetize a podcast. But I want to talk about the other side, which is what it costs to actually create one. Starting a podcast doesn't have to break the bank, but it certainly can if you don't have a focus on what you're looking to do. So first things first, you're going to need a microphone. You can certainly start with AirPods or your headphones, but eventually you're going to need a real mic. And the most recommended mics in the space can range anywhere from $100 all the way up to $500 to start. You may need more than one microphone depending on the number of people you have as hosts and whether you plan on doing guests in person. Now, let me just say your built-in laptop microphone does not count. Yeah, please don't. That one does not count. (laughs) And I would not look at that microphone the same as, let's say, the microphone on your actual phone. Like that phone is actually pretty good. Like you could technically use that and record your audio straight to your iPhone. But act like the one that's built into your laptop does not exist. (laughs) That one's absolutely terrible. Yeah. That one's just for spying on you. (laughs) It's not for podcasts. Okay. So then you're going to need a recording space and you'll need to choose between a studio rental or an in-house situation. And it's best to choose based on the amount of background noise that you have. If you have dogs or there's a lot of sirens or your kids are home with you, it might be best to either find like a corner in your house to set up where you can insulate yourself against some of that or look at an in-studio rental. You can rent out studios and the rates are going to differ depending on where you are. Where we live, a lot of the co-working spaces have podcast studios built in now. So you might be able to get like a (laughs) a two for deal where you use it to work and then you can record a podcast while you're there. You're also going to need podcast hosting. So hosting in this context is not like the host on the mic. This is where you actually upload the files that are then distributed to a podcast directory like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So it's basically your digital middleman. And the range for podcast hosting services depend on how many hours of audio and the number of episodes that you're creating. They typically fall somewhere between free and $25-ish a month, unless you're creating something huge or that has, you know, multiple episodes coming out in a week or it's really long form, or maybe it's a seasonal format. Those are the things that might cause it to be a little more than that. And then from there, your costs are more discretionary based on how you want the podcast to look and feel. If you have a co-host, you can decide whether you'll be recording in person or virtual. There are plenty of podcasts that are all virtual. In fact, we know podcast hosts who have never met in person before or are just meeting at the same time as we're meeting them. So if you decide to go that route, you need a platform that allows y'all to record your conversations seamlessly and kind of look at each other. A lot of people use Zoom, which is a free platform, depending on, again, keeping under those restrictions. But there are also platforms like Riverside FM that costs about, you know, $25 a month. So we're up to like 50 bucks a month yeah, so I was far. Say, well, oh, you must be using the iPhone. Mike. Well, I'm, <laughs> well, I haven't. <laughs> I was just doing the recurring costs, not okay, the ones that I was counting in my head, too. And I, my, my number is you can definitely start for under 250 bucks. Yeah. I feel like that's because you can buy a refurbished mic like that's the true. prices we're giving are for new mics. If you have one or somebody, you know, has one, you can borrow that. Right. Just the recurring costs of hosting and the platform that you record on. Right. 50 bucks. Right. Now, 
Then we get into whether you're using video or not. If you're using video, you're going to need some sort of lighting and camera situation. And then as far as editing the episode, you can either hire someone to do that. And the prices range depending on skill level and episode length. Or you can use free software like audacity.com or GarageBand. Or you can pay for software from the Adobe products or others like it that are out there. There are all kinds of tools you can use to streamline the process or improve quality. There are AI tools that take your video and transition it into short form so you can put it on Instagram and TikTok or whatever. There are also tools that allow you to edit by text. Again, you don't have to do any of these things. It just really depends on how seriously you want to take this and what you think you'll be able to earn from it. It it may be worth it, but there's a long list of things that you can buy to support your podcast. I think the initial part that's important is that good microphone and a plan for editing. Yeah. All right. But it doesn't stop there, right? And again, this is where kind of the slippery slope becomes. And so you got the people who were interested in it. They decided that they wanted to start the podcast. They said, you know what? I've got 250 bucks. You know, they decided to double it and say, I'm going to get a quality mic. I'm going to get all these things, 500 bucks. I'm all the way in. And they think that they're good for a year. And then they start and they, they get sucked into the world. Now here come all the other things. So there are actually podcasting events, right? So very similar to Dragon Con. We go to an event called FinCon. We've been going for the last, what, six years or something like that. And it's an event for people in the personal finance and the media industry. There's a VidCon for people who are video or YouTube creators. And guess what? There is also a pod, it's not PodCon. It's, yeah. It's PodFest. <laughs> PodCon. PodFest. But there are a couple of, of them. Yeah, there's podcast there's pod movement. Fest, there's pod. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's several of them, right? And this is a great way for you to meet other people. Like, I'm sure once you start that process, you're going to say, wow, I wonder how that person does it. Like, that's absolutely amazing. We could be one of those people. You could say, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I could add them, ask them what their setup was like. These are the purposes, or at least one of the purposes for those kinds of events. You may spend, let's say, $200 for the ticket, plus, let's say, food, your hotel or something else. But like you can see the numbers start to add up as you start trying to take this podcast slash side hustle a little bit more seriously, right? Again, when I think back to our first experience going to one of these conferences, I had to drag Kirsten to go to this conference. And it was interesting because it was the first time, admittedly, that I had ever paid to go to a conference. And I want to say the ticket was maybe $200. It was two of us. So we spent around $400 to go to that event and it changed our life. Like, I don't say that lightly, but if it, it fundamentally changed our life and certainly poured gasoline onto our entrepreneurial desires. And here we are six years later doing it like we've always been doing it. But I can assure you it was not always like this. So if you feel a little intimidated, I can assure you we've been where you are listening to other people who were talking about this and saying how easy it is. And then you get there and he was like, oh my gosh, it's not nearly as easy, but you're still kind of hooked and you want to keep on doing it. Right. But this is kind of like everything else, right? Once you want to start taking it seriously, then all of a sudden you realize, you know what? I don't have photos. And maybe you've never done a professional photo shoot and you're thinking, you know what? There's a difference between the selfies that I take on my iPhone and post on Instagram and the actual photo that I want to have for my podcast thumbnail. Or maybe I want to start a website, which means now you've got to design that website, which again, can be relatively easy these days with all of the different tools that are out there and certainly all of the templates. But my point is, it starts with just a microphone. 
just like everything else. And then before you know it, you've got that, you've got audio equipment, you've got the desire to improve efficiency or speed or sound effects and all those things. And before you know it, you've spent a couple thousand dollars. So you want to make sure that you're factoring in all of those things into the process. But I, again, I still stand by the fact that all of it, looking back, at least for me, and, and I would I would assume Kirsten agrees, this has just been a fantastic experience. Like we started out with a blog back when, gosh, I thought a blog was the most amazing thing in the world, right? It was like an online diary. And that turned into the book. And then the book turned into the podcast. And then we've got the video series, all of those things. You will be surprised how you may have thought that the thing that you intended on doing was going to be the thing that like really changed your world. And that thing introduces you to like three to five other things. And then somehow you find some unique and remarkable way to tie them all together. At least for us, that's been the experience. Uh, And I'll say we also made a point to leverage our professional skills, right? We were both in marketing. Kirsten was more so in sales and marketing, but we had interests outside of that. And we found unique ways to add all of those things into the actual product or process of building whatever it is that we're doing. And I think that a lot of people will naturally find themselves in a position to do that too, where the thing that they thought was just completely out of left field actually becomes a thing that makes them unique and makes the process fun. And it's always great when you're doing something that's fun and you're actually able to earn a little bit of money while you're doing it. I agree. So I think with over 120 episodes under our belt with this podcast, and then we've got our baby podcast that we just launched, I feel like I'm in a position to tell y'all some pros and cons, just based on my experience with podcasting. That's a real milestone, by the way. I don't know. I don't have the data in front of me, but I remember hearing that like most people never make it to 100 episodes. They give up way before that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it can be tough, which is one of the cons. But let's start with the pros. The pros is that podcasting is an excellent medium for storytelling. In fact, it's one of the easiest because it doesn't require your face to be in it. So you can literally record in your underwear or late at night or as your schedule permits, which is a huge plus for busy people and for parents and people who have a nine to five. You can record at any time. And then to that extent, it's also flexible where you can record from just about anywhere. Yeah. We have friends that record from bathrooms, from closets. In their cars. In their cars. On their break from their yeah. job. They go down and they're, they've got sound insulation because exactly. they're already in the garage. Yes. Another pro is that there's unlimited earning potential. I think the shelf life of a podcast episode is probably longer than any other content medium, especially if you link it to things like a blog post or a YouTube video. It's not like social media where you kind of know if something doesn't hit within the first four hours or so, it's probably a dud. Yeah. With podcasts, these things live on for a while. Like We release a weekly episode, but so many of our monthly downloads are coming from people who are discovering us or just listening to an episode in our archive. They might not even be subscribers to the podcast, but when they did a search, it came up and now they want to know about dividend investing or you know something else that we've done an episode on. Yeah. So that's nice. So one of the biggest cons is that it's a one-way conversation. So creatively speaking, I definitely understand why people tend to give up on podcasting because it doesn't have the same feedback loop as something like blogging or social media. You don't know if people like your episode, if they heard it, like there's no, there's no like, there's no share. There's just like the faith that people are listening and that they leave you reviews or send you notes to, to let you know that they enjoyed it. Yeah. 
that part's kind of hard. Another con is what I call the discoverability problem. So if you think about music and how people discover new artists, it takes quite a bit of work on the artist part to kind of get their name out there. They may have PR reps or, you know, they may be doing local shows and gigs and empty rooms, (laughs) whatever, just to get people to be aware that they make this music. And the same is kind of true for podcasts. You have to do a lot of heavy lifting on your own to get your show out there if you don't have a sponsor. Now, with this podcast, we actually partnered with Success Magazine. But our other one, the Cashing Out podcast, we're kind of rolling solo. Yeah. And the momentum is happening at a different pace with that podcast, which is to be expected. So the good news is, like Julian said, attending conferences is a really great way to accelerate that process. Exactly. The bad news is that they're usually not free. (laughs) So you are, it is an investment, but it's an investment that gives you the opportunity to meet advertisers, podcast network, peers, editors, PR companies, like all the people that you need, all the ingredients that you need to make your podcast successful are in one room. If you do your job, you will definitely come back with more than one solution to whatever problem you came with. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Like the problem will be which solution do you you want to choose? Yeah, exactly. All right. Another con, inconsistent income. So if you don't enjoy collaborating with brands or selling ads or creating products for your listeners, then you're really betting on that consistent listenership. Is that a word? I think it is. <laughs> Those listenership. Cons- listenership. listenership. <laughs> you're betting on people consistently listening to your podcast so that your ad revenue is stable. But podcasting goes through seasons just like everything else. There are times of the year where your numbers are going to be higher and other times when they're lower. You're also competing against larger trends like fewer commutes due to work from home and just limited time. So you really got to think through a topic and a format that works for people and that's interesting and that kind of sticks. Yeah. And then the last con is the need to learn as you go and like the industry change. I think it's still a new industry, fairly new, and it's changing and evolving as more celebrities and big names and athletes get involved. It kind of shifts what a podcast is and what it isn't. And so that newness means that the best practices are always changing. And you're also kind of just learning as you go. You may not know what you sound like until you hear it. You're not as aware of your verbal tics and your speech patterns until (laughs) thousands of people (laughs) tell you. And so if you like a more predictable path and something that doesn't require you to learn as you go and be nimble and flexible, this probably is not the the side hustle for you. Yeah, I will will almost end on this, but you know, I have my own set of pros and cons. And for the most part, I 1000% agree with yours. But I, I, as I reflect back on our journey, this is what, episode 120 something, right? 124. Uh, And I think back on the fact that I needed to be convinced to record a podcast, right? It's not like I just decided and like, oh, this is something I want to do. Like I thought podcasters were podcasters. That's (laughs) those people. I am not a podcaster. I did not identify with that word really until I would say about a year or so ago, you know, that's when I really realized like, oh yeah, we do have one and oh yeah, we, we have done it consistently. And yeah, we do have people who have found us and swear by it and recommend it and tell us about some of the things that we say, which is always interesting when we meet people in person, like, oh, I remember when you said, and it was like, oh, 
again, I, I know where I was when I said it. I was in the room <laughs> with Kirsten. I, I don't remember seeing you, but you realize that tens of thousands of people are also listening to you. And so, yeah, they're going to remember when they're sharing that with you. And I think that overall, that's one of the most special feelings in the world. And so if you're out there and you're thinking about it, and I say this specifically for the people who have the gift of gab, but just don't know how to turn it into something, that might literally be the thing that gives you your income potential and earning potential, that boost and gives you that sense of creative fulfillment that you have just been missing. So I would say, honestly, if you're interested in it, do it. Do not wait. If you're even a little bit interested in it, do it. And even if you say, well, I've done it before because I had some friends and, you know, everybody thinks that the conversation they have with their friends is, is it should be it's a podcast. podcastable. It, it, it's, it's probably not. <laughs> I say it all the time. Every time I'm with Ooh, my friends, I'm like, Dude, this should be a podcast. Yeah, nobody wants to listen, <laughs> nobody to, wants to, listen to it. But y'all. Okay. <laughs> but if that was the case and you went through that, like, don't let that discourage you either. I think if you like doing it, you should do it just like anything else. And again, it's a new industry, but you will be a part of this new group of pioneers who are breaking ground in there. And hopefully it works out for you to the tune of Joe Rogan. And, <laughs> you know, I, hey, if you credit us and say I, my starting journey was when I listened to this podcast, I can't ask for much more than that. So, <laughs> all right, let's go with some final thoughts. I feel like you low-key stole my final thought because my final thought was that podcasting is one of those areas where the people who have the most transferable skills to do it well never actually consider doing it. And I just find that surprising. I actually remember being at a kid's birthday party a couple weeks ago or months ago, and we were talking to this fascinating young couple that was new to Atlanta. They had a bunch of cool interests because they were from Brooklyn, and they kept us engaged and chatting for like two hours. And this was during a kid's birthday party, like outside in the heat. And at the end, she was just kind of frustrated. And she was like, I want to start a book club, but I just don't know very many people down here. And I was like, girl, start a podcast. Like (laughs) you start a podcast and meet hundreds of people just through, you know, one simple recording in this medium. Now her background was in a creative agency. So like, yeah, she's pretty interesting. But even for the people that are subject matter experts in anything, not just professionally, you should be considering podcasting. If you're a teacher or an educator, if you have experience in psychology, counseling, sales, customer service, hospitality, all of those domains where you're interacting with people or developing a perspective on a topic that's really unique, I strongly suggest podcasting because you already have 70% of what it takes. You already have the stories and you already have the outlook. The only thing left is the hard parts. So (laughs) it's just... Figure out how to work a mic and a mixer and then you'll be good to go. Absolutely. And again, if it's just you, you don't even have to worry about all that complicated stuff. Exactly. Speaking of which, my final thoughts. Recently, we've reinvested in the show. If you've been listening for a while, then you know that we didn't always have this little music in the background. We didn't always have the ability to play those clips. And so I hope that one, you guys can appreciate the difference. Two, I hope you can still appreciate the errors, right? There's still yeah, we are learning as we go. <laughs> We're still trying to improve some things. But all of that, just like anything else, doesn't matter if it's a fitness goal, doesn't matter if it's your goal to get out of debt. In this case, we're reflecting on our own journey as podcasters. And I think especially for me as someone who didn't identify as anyone who would ever do that, it is all a part of the process. And again, just stick with it because if slash when you give up, 
just know that there is someone else waiting to pick up your slot, waiting to speed past and learn on all the lessons that you decided to let go. And you're going to be really, really upset about it. So do yourself a favor. Don't give up and don't let somebody else take your slot. I love it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success. If you like what you heard and want to support a podcast without creating one for yourself, please take some time and leave us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We will see y'all next week.